Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. Hey, it's a real privilege to be with you tonight. My name's Isaac Sid, and I'm one of the, the pastors here at Crossroads. And, and it's a real privilege to be wrapping up our series with you, Everyday Missionaries. And it's been great to be challenged by some of our overseas and local mission partners that we can be living missionally right where we are. And each week, I personally have found something that has resonated with me. In the first week, it really stuck with me that if all of us here at Crossroads was to see one person come to know Jesus this year, and then next year do the same thing with every new follower of Jesus coming to see someone to know Jesus, then it would only take seven years for all of Palmerston North to become followers of Jesus. In week two, what really stood out to me was that for Graham, who spoke with us, um, one of our mission partners, God initially just called him to smaller things. And as he listened and followed God's calling, over time, God led him to more and more, which ended up meaning uh, doing incredible work in South Asia. But to start with, Graham just mowed the lawns of his church. In week three, last week, the idea that we often get caught up in being addicted to our next destination really challenged me. And I know that wasn't the main point, but it's the point that has really stuck with me since last week, and it's the one that I've been thinking about. The idea or the addiction that, well, once I graduate, I'll be more satisfied. Once I get married, I'll be more satisfied. Once I buy a house, I'll be more satisfied. And then once I pay it off, I'll be more satisfied. And it's always getting to that next thing that you're addicted to. And you see, for myself, I waste a lot of time daydreaming, not necessarily about getting to the next particular milestone, but just daydreaming about what the next thing could be. You know, if I start a new job or a new role or get involved in a, in a new initiative, I start daydreaming about what I could then do next, even if I've only just started that thing. And that thing might be something that I had just been daydreaming about getting started, and I'm already thinking about the next thing. If we take a trip back to the States to visit my wife's family, uh, once we're back here in New Zealand, I start daydreaming about what we might do the next time that we go to visit and, and where we might go and the things we might see, even though that might be years and years away. I daydream about what if we moved here and, and what if we lived there and I find it a real battle within myself to be content where I am and with what I'm doing. And where I am and what I'm doing is something that I love and it's very good. I have no complaints other than the fact it rained for like an entire month in Palmerston North. But um, I'm grateful for the sun we've had the last few days. But regardless of, of how good my current situation is, I find my thoughts wandering to what could be. What could be. To me, the unknown about the future is exciting. At any point in time, I see it filled with endless possibilities, which can be a strength, but can also become an unhealthy addiction to what could be that ends in unnecessary dissatisfaction and is often in conflict with who I'm called to be as a Christian. You see, following Jesus can be incredibly exciting, and it can take you to all sorts of unexpected places. When I was living in the U.S., I, 
though I had daydreamed about what it might be like to come back to New Zealand, I wasn't actually planning on it. And before I lived in the U.S., that was never really on my radar, that that might be somewhere that I ended up. And yet, as I followed the Lord's direction, He has taken me to new and exciting places. And for our mission partner, Graham, in week two, uh, he probably didn't think he was going to end up in South Asia, and yet that's where the Lord led. And the Lord may also lead you to unexpected and exciting places in your faith journey. But what if he also called you to stay right here in Palmerston North for the rest of your life? Would that be okay? Would that be all right? What if I didn't end up anywhere else and God kept me here in Palmerston North serving the community of Crossroads for years and years to come? Would I submit to that and let that be the calling that God has placed on my life if he did? You know, following Jesus can be adventurous and it can take us to unexpected places, but that's not the reason why we follow him, right? And that's not a guaranteed calling. Becoming a Christian isn't a ticket to world travel. And as we'll see from our passage together in a moment, what our calling actually is, is to tell others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And that may be overseas, but that might be right here in Palmerston North until we draw our last breath, and that would be totally okay. We may not love the idea of that, but that would be a meaningful and important calling, a valuable way to live our life in the building of God's kingdom. Because telling others the good news of Jesus is our calling, and it's a calling for life, no matter where we find ourselves. And as I said, I believe that's what we'll find in our passage. And so as we get ready to jump into our verses, I'd love to just set the scene for you and give you uh, some context uh, for what's going on. And so tonight we're going to be in the book of Acts. We're in chapter 20, which is towards the end of the book of Acts. And at this point in Acts, Paul has completed two missionary journeys where he shares the good news of Jesus and starts churches all throughout the Roman Empire. And now he has begun on a third missionary journey. And in this journey, Paul plans to go to a few new places and establish some churches. He plans to stop in and check in with um, some of the churches he had already established. And then he's going to wrap up his journey in Jerusalem. And where we find ourselves this morning in chapter 20, Paul had stopped in a place called Miletus, which is on the west coast of modern-day Turkey. And while in Miletus, Paul asks the elders of the Ephesian church to come and meet with him. Paul didn't have time to go to Ephesus and spend significant time with all the people there that he cared about, but Ephesus wasn't too far from Miletus. And so the elders, they come to Paul, and our verses tonight are a part of what Paul has to say to them. And so we're in Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 22. We're just reading a couple. This is what it says. It says, And now, this is Paul speaking, I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So Paul, he's meeting with these Ephesian elders, and he's giving them some final warnings and words of encouragement, as the Holy Spirit has already indicated to Paul that he will never see these elders again. And he describes to these elders what is ahead for him and how he feels about it. 
And as I, I mentioned a moment ago, Paul is now out on his third missionary journey. And so God's call on his life has taken him all over the place, right? He's been on quite the adventure. And the same could be true for you as you follow God. He may call you to faraway places. And if he does, I really encourage you to listen and to go. Because God regularly calls people into mission all around the world, and he could call you. But Paul's travels and his trip to Jerusalem isn't really what I want us to focus on tonight. Instead, I want us to focus more on Paul's attitude to this whole situation. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Man. What a statement. What a challenge. You know, it's likely that most of us here, we have some goals, right? Some aspirations for life. It may be to start a job in a particular field. It might be to start a business or to grow a business. It might be to buy a home or pay off a home. It might be to meet someone and get married. It might be that you have some personal challenges that you would like to work through and and overcome. Maybe there are certain places in the world, certain countries that you would like to go visit or something else. And none of those things are bad things. All of those things are great things that you can do. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do those things. But would you say that sharing the gospel is your main goal in life? That above any of those other things, you first and foremost live your life to do that? Could you say, my life is worth nothing to me unless I tell others the good news of the wonderful grace of God, that any other dream or aspiration comes secondary to that, and that you would be willing to sacrifice doing any of those other things if they were somehow going to inhibit you from sharing the good news of Jesus with others? And it's not that you can't do those things and share the good news of Jesus, right? But what if God called you to something and it didn't fit in with those plans? What if you were saving to buy a house and God calls you to go into the mission field and you've got to use those funds to get there? What if growing the business meant you were going to have to go from 40 hours a week to 70 hours a week for a while and you felt God calling you to a particular ministry um, that would require some of that time? What if while um, working through some personal difficulties, you think, oh, I, I really need to pull back for a while, but you feel a calling to serve or God places somebody in your life to care for? What if the funds you were saving for your own trip were needed to help send someone else off into mission? If we took a moment to consider our top priorities in life, would we find sharing the gospel of Jesus with others to be at the top of the list? For Paul, he felt that the Holy Spirit was leading him back to Jerusalem. And the Spirit had informed him that going to Jerusalem was going to bring about immense hardship. But that didn't matter to Paul. The Lord had put a calling on his life, and he was going to see it through no matter what that was going to cost. Because to Paul, sharing the good news of Jesus was the purpose of his life. And if God was calling him to go do that in a specific place, he was going to go. To Paul, his life would be meaningless if he didn't. And as mentioned in previous weeks, as Christians, we may not be called to go to Jerusalem, But the calling on our lives is to share the saving grace of Jesus with those around us according to the Great Commission. It was a mandate that Jesus gave to all of his followers for all time before he left and he returned to heaven to be with the Father. And so compared to Paul, where does the importance of the gospel sit for us in our lives? 
And if we aren't quite sure how to answer that question, or, or maybe we feel like it is important to us, but we're not really sure how important, we can ask ourselves two more questions to help us not narrow it down. And this is them. First of all, what would change about your life if you didn't know the gospel? What would change about your life if you didn't know the gospel? And the second is similar. What would change about your life if you stopped sharing the gospel? When you think about your week and what, and, and what you get up to, what specifically about the way you live is impacted by the good news of Jesus? What choices do you make because Jesus has changed your life? Maybe you have some regular habits in place to spend some quality time with God. Maybe you choose to present yourself and relate to others in specific ways at uni or in the workplace to be more like Jesus. Maybe you use your time in specific ways to love and serve others, like being involved in a specific ministry, or um, maybe you check in with and care for some specific people regularly because the love of Jesus compels you to. Maybe you invest your finances in specific ways to help advance the gospel, like supporting one of our mission partners or help build the kingdom of God by tithing here at Crossroads. If you didn't know Jesus, how much of your weekly routine would change? And for many of you, when you try to add up all the little things, uh, you might find that actually quite a lot would change. And you may realize that the good news of Jesus impacts your life way more than you thought. So much of what you do and the choices you make are because Jesus changed your life. And so sharing the gospel may not be at the top of that list, but it might be higher than you thought. But you may also think through your week and realize, man, not a lot would actually change at all. Not much would change at all. In which the answer to that original question of, is sharing the good news of Jesus at the top of your list, would likely be, it's nowhere near. It's nowhere near. And so you may need to make some significant changes to reprioritize that or just revisit the man named Jesus who you should be so passionate about. But we'll talk a little bit more about what we can do about that later. And we'll probably find that all of us could do something to prioritize the good news of Jesus a little more. Because that second question, it can be even more challenging, right? What would change about your life if you stopped sharing the gospel? If I stopped telling people about Jesus, how would my week be different? That one can really put things into perspective, right? It can be quite a hard one to consider. Are there any choices I intentionally make so that I can share the gospel with others? What about my life is different to people who aren't Christians because I choose to prioritize this? Paul couldn't imagine living a life where he wasn't sharing the good news of Jesus because as followers of Jesus, that's what we do. That's what we do. That's who we are. You may have heard before that the word Christian means little Christ, that we are imitations of Jesus, that we reflect him in how we live. And Jesus primarily spent his life telling people the good news that his kingdom was here. And so it should be an unusual thing to come across a Christian who is not regularly doing the same. But look, I'm not here to, to guilt trip or to tell off, because I know many of you are living this way, and we want to celebrate that. We've got another testimony video in the works to help celebrate that. You know, and, and even if you would say that you aren't currently, I know that deep down most of you would want to live as people who share the good news of Jesus. 
I mean, did you see Craig's testimony video that we checked out last week or Scotty's a couple of weeks prior to that? Did they not excite you for what God is doing in this place and in this community? Don't they inspire you to want to go out and do the same and tell other people about Jesus? And the reason we have a long list of people whose testimonies we would love to share and we would love to make videos of is because people like you in our church community went out, shared the good news of Jesus with others, and they have responded to it and they've come to know Jesus for themselves. You know, the, the excitement and enthusiasm around Crossroads for sharing the good news is so encouraging. I love how normal it's becoming to just regularly do that. And, and these days, there's not a week that goes by anymore without hearing multiple stories of people sharing the good news of Jesus with others. And I, and I love that. I love that. It's awesome. It's incredible. And all of us can be a part of that. And I'm sure when you saw those videos, you wanted to be a part of that, right? You wanted to go out and tell others about Jesus. And so I just really want to encourage you into that. If you are finding yourself in a space where your faith is something that you could take or leave and you don't really feel that close to God and you don't know why, I would encourage you now to step into a life of sharing the good news of Jesus with others and see what kind of difference that makes to your relationship with God. Because if you do, you will have actually stepped into the core of what it means to live as a Christian. And being a Christian will suddenly make a whole lot more sense if you do. Paul got it, and he couldn't imagine living his life any other way. And I think it should be common across all Christians that to, to also think, be a common mindset, that our calling is to tell others the good news of the wonderful grace of God. And so we could spend a lot of time on why sometimes we might not prioritize the gospel. And, and there could be a few reasons, right? It could be a, a lack of confidence. It could be a fear of rejection. The fact that a comfortable life may not be sustainable if we take this seriously. But I don't think we need to spend too much on that because, as we'll talk about later, I think there is one simple solution to all of those things. And again, I'm not here to guilt trip us, right, and tell off because I would rather spend time thinking about why you would want to prioritize sharing the gospel. Because why you would want to share the gospel is far more motivational than making you feel bad for why you don't. And so this is what motivates me. Let's go back to that first week of this series where Reuben shared with us that if we share our faith with one person a year and they come to know Jesus, that the entire Palmerston North will come to know Jesus in seven years. If I then think about how much time I have left, and none of us know how long we have, right? None of us know when we're going to die. But the average man in my family, the average Peterson man, uh, lives into his mid to late 80s. And so if I'm blessed to live that long, then I've got 50 to 60 years left. 50 to 60 years left here in this life before I go to be with the Lord. And I just love picturing myself in the new kingdom with Jesus, reigning here on the earth, and I look around, and there's 50, 60, 70 other people there because I reached out and shared the good news of Jesus with them. And man, that motivates me to go out and share the good news because anything else that I accumulate in this life, any property or items or money that I save, none of that is going to be there. But the people who came to know Jesus because I shared the gospel with them will be. Will be. You know, anytime I, I preach, I ask the question, if this was the last time I ever got to do this, what would I want people to hear? And that's it for tonight. 
If you lived a full life, how many years do you have left? 10, 20, 30, 40, or more. Let every one of those years prioritize sharing the gospel so that when you're in eternity with Jesus and you look around, so are 10 others, 20 others, 30 others, 40 or more, because you share the good news of Jesus with them. You shared that Jesus died and rose again, defeating death, so that death doesn't have to be final for any of us anymore. Let our lives, as Paul says, mean nothing to us if we don't tell others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. If you want to find fulfillment in living your life as a Christian, that is it. Living out the calling placed on our lives to make known the good news of Jesus Christ. And who knows where God might lead us on that journey. But it could be right here in Palmerston North until we die. And if it is, so be it. Because, man, what a valuable way to live a life that would be. And as Grant spoke to us last week, I was greatly impacted by how his and his wife Val's life is such a beautiful example of this. What they do for caring and and supporting people over in Paiatua, it isn't glamorous. It takes a lot of time, energy, sacrifice. It isn't going to get them trending on the socials or give them the opportunity to put up a world map and stick in the pins of all the places that they've been. But it's what God has called them to. And bit by bit, day by day, they continuously build the kingdom of God and share the love of Jesus. And as I listened to Grant speak, I couldn't help but be drawn into his message because I know that his walk matches his talk. And I felt that we were receiving words of wisdom from someone who really gets the calling that God has placed on the life of a Christian. And I think if that is also your desire, you would have felt and recognized that too because what an incredible example of living like Jesus. I can't help but relate it to the words of Paul tonight, that I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. I can't promise you a comfortable or glamorous life if you prioritize sharing the good news of Jesus You may have to make some significant sacrifices like Grant and Val have, but it's your calling. And so no matter what great difficulties may lay ahead, you will find fulfillment in living this way as a Christian. I'm telling you now that you can try to distract yourself with all sorts of other things and fill up your schedule as tight as possible that you don't have to even have time to consider living this way, but you'll still feel a sense of purposelessness until you come to terms with and embrace that your purpose of life is the gospel. And not just as a one-off, not just as I shared the gospel with someone and they became a follower of Jesus, so I've got a tick now and, and I can feel good about myself and I can just focus on doing other things and just refer back to that one time. Now we do it again and again and again and it does not end until our life does. You know, this year we've been making our way through the way training, taking intentional time to equip us to be people who live and breathe making disciples to be a church community that makes disciples that then go on to make disciples that then go on to make more disciples. 
And as was said at the beginning of the year, we're doing this as four sessions spread throughout 2023. We've completed two, we've got two left to go. But just because the sessions will be finished at the end of this year doesn't mean that we are done with the ways concepts. The way training will hopefully not be one of those things that we look back on and, and remember and say, you know, isn't it cool that we, we did that and we thought about those things for a year before we moved on and we started thinking about other things? I hope not. I hope not because sharing the good news of Jesus is something that we do for our entire lives. And so our hope is that the way training equips you to do that well for the rest of your life. And if you aren't able to go to the way training, we are bringing a lot of those concepts through to this. This is why we're doing this series. And though in years to come, we, we will likely have other focuses. We will continue to remind you and equip you with ways to make disciples that then go on to make disciples because that's our calling for life. Amongst all other things, we will always do that. So how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we make sharing the gospel a top priority for us? How might we overcome some of the reasons that are currently make it not a priority for us, such as a lack of confidence or a fear of rejection or the fact that a comfortable life may not be sustainable if we take this seriously. Well, there are lots of different tools that you could use, lots of different techniques. In week one, Ruben shared with us the Three Circles Gospel presentation that we learned from the way training. And, and I know many of you who have gone to the way training have then used that and are having great success in sharing the gospel with friends, family members, co-workers, other students. And, and it's awesome. It's super awesome. And we really want to celebrate that and we really want to encourage that. But tonight, I'm not really going to get into the nitty gritty and specifics of tools and methods. Instead, I just want us to take a step back and recognize the empowerment we receive from the Holy Spirit that is within us if we are followers of Jesus. As Paul made his way to Jerusalem, one thing was real apparent, and that was the presence of the Spirit with him. You know, he said, and now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. The Holy Spirit had told Paul that it was going to be hard, but the Spirit had called Paul to go. And so he was going knowing that the Holy Spirit was going to be there with him just as he had always been. And in the Great Commission, as Jesus sends us out, he reminds us that as we go and do it, as we go and make disciples of all nations, he will be with us always, even until the end of the age. Ultimately, you have what you need to tell people the good news of Jesus. You have God himself with you in the form of the Holy Spirit. And so if you pray for opportunities to share the good news to the Spirit, He will present you with them. And I'm sure that you will feel promptings at times to bring up the gospel. And often it may be at times when you didn't expect. Maybe it'll be at times where it catches you by surprise. But if you ask Him to show you opportunities, He will. And you can step into them knowing that if He prompted you, He will also be there with you in that conversation. He's already orchestrated the conversation. You've just got to step into it. Don't worry about the words to say. Just lean into him and he'll provide them. You can be praying in your mind as you're having this conversation and just relying on him over and over again as you make your way through this conversation of sharing the good news. And that person may not respond instantly by becoming a follower of Jesus as they still have free choice. 
but the Spirit prompted you, and you were obedient, and you planted that seed, and that's all you can really do. You then leave the rest to the Spirit. But you may also share the good news of Jesus, and they may become a Christian right there and then. They might uh, confess that Jesus is the Lord right there in that moment. And man, it will have been so worth sharing that good news, because they will then be somebody who spends eternity in heaven with the Lord, just like you. You've got everything you need in God's Spirit to share the good news of Jesus with others. That if they declare with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. There is nothing, nothing, whether a lack of confidence or a fear of rejection or resilience to leave behind what is comfortable that the Holy Spirit can't help you overcome. The Spirit is all that the apostles had when Jesus left, and the Spirit of God used them in a mighty way to build his church. And so there are a lot of great resources and tools out there that you can use, like the Three Circles Gospel, and definitely go ahead and use them if you find them helpful. But even if all you are equipped with is the Holy Spirit, you'll have everything you need. But hey, maybe none of those reasons are the reason why you aren't prioritizing the gospel. Maybe you just feel like you've lost your passion for Jesus. Maybe the story of Jesus just doesn't feel that exciting to share. You don't feel like it's that life-changing. And I recognize that over time, if you've been a Christian for a while, uh, that story can just become really familiar, and it can become a reality, and you start to have a a lot of sort of questions and doubts about, ah, is this thing even real? But what I'd like us to do is just take a moment to check out a quick video to remind us of who Jesus is. So let's check this out. This is Jesus, born into poverty in an insignificant corner of a conquered nation. This is Jesus, a traveling preacher, a homeless outcast called crazy and possessed. This is Jesus, another hopeless rebel, mocked and beaten, hung on a cross to die. This is Jesus. Another lifeless body, stuffed into a borrowed tomb, soon to be forgotten. Is this really Jesus? Wake up. Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. This is Jesus sent by the Father to be crushed for the sins of the world. This is Jesus, declaring to all he would be killed and then raised to life on the third day. This is Jesus, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead. This is Jesus, a missing body from an empty tomb on a Sunday morning. This is Jesus. The image of invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, the Lamb of God, the light of the world. This is Jesus, Savior, Lord, King, Alpha, Omega, Creator, Redeemer, Friend to Sinners, Hope of Nations, the Messiah. This is Jesus, the resurrection and the life for all who trust in Him. Wake up, wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. 
This is Jesus. That's who Jesus is. And if you find yourself resonating more with the first half of that video, then I really encourage you to get back into the Gospels. Read the book of Matthew. Read Mark. Read Luke. Read John. And re-familiarize yourself with the man that you're feeling so distant from. Because if he is who he says he is, and I believe that he is, then we've got to tell somebody about him. We've got to tell everybody about him. So that one day when we are in his kingdom, they can be there too. That is our calling. It's our calling for life, to make known to others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And doing so could take us to places we never expected. But let's just start right here in Palmerston North. And if we stay here in Palmerston North, that's all right. That's okay. Because we'll just keep on sharing the good news of Jesus wherever we are, fulfilling our purpose as Christians to carry out the Great Commission. You know, since we got back from Young Adults Camp and we were focusing on this idea of revival, while we were out there, uh, Richard, our speaker, he gave us some great practical ways to think about what revival could look like. But as we've been back, I've been thinking more and more about it and what does that look like. And revival could look like a number of things. It could look like just a, a reignited excitement for Jesus and we come together and we sing songs and we praise Him and that's really cool and that's something we want to do. But ultimately, what revival looks like is this. It's going out and sharing the good news. It's realizing how powerful it is and that we got to go out and we got to tell other people. If we want revival to break out in this church or in this land, in this city, that's where it starts, by us going out and telling others who then go and tell others who go and tell others. That's what it looks like. And so now as we get ready to, to go back into a time of worship, would you just stand with me? And I'd, I'd love to pray over you, and I'd love to pray over us that this is something that God would do in us, that He would excite us for what He's doing, that He would ignite that fire within us, that this is our purpose, this is our calling, this is who we are meant to be, this is how we're meant to live. So let me just pray that over us now. Jesus, You are so good. Your love is so incredible. Your sacrifice that You made, it's life-changing, Lord, and we are so, so grateful for it. But Lord, may we not keep it to ourselves. May we go out of this place and look for opportunities each and every day to share your good news. And if we look silly for it, who cares? We'll do it again. It's worth it. You're worth it. Because honestly, anything that happens in this life where we might feel a little bit embarrassed or, you know, it doesn't go so well when we share the good news, all that's going to matter when we're in your kingdom is that we did share your good news and other people are going to be there for it because of it. And so Jesus, I just want to pray now. Would you come in this place, Holy Spirit, and just ignite us with just a passion for your good news? Will we just leave here with an excitement to share it? Will we leave here thinking about who we might better share it with tomorrow? And Lord, I just pray that you would bring revival in this place, and that's what it would look like. That this place would fill up more and more, not because we want more numbers, but because we want people to know you. And they are in this place because they've come to know you. We just want to celebrate, Lord. We want to have so many testimonies to share that we have to have whole services dedicated to it because there's just not enough time to tell them all. And so we pray for that, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your good news. It is life-changing. Thank you for giving us purpose. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for giving us a reason to get up each day and, and go at it again and share your news again. And so I pray that now, Lord. I pray, Lord, if there's anybody here who's just feeling distant from you, that you just make yourself so present right now. 
I pray, Lord, that as they leave this place, if they get into your word, that they would just fall in love with you again as they read who you were and what you did through your gospels. But we just, Lord, right now, I just pray that tonight wouldn't just be something that's sort of bottled and kept here, but would be a place where we go out of here and we've just been filled by you, ready to go out into the world and share your love. And so thank you for this time tonight, Lord, to be in your word. Thank you for this time tonight to be with you. We're so grateful and we just want more others. We just want more people to experience this and to know this for themselves. And so we give that into your hands. We ask for you to lead us and guide us. We ask for you to prompt us. We pray that you would give us opportunities to share. We pray that you would give us confidence to step into them, to know that you're right there with us as we share and that we can lean into you. We love you, Lord, but we're so grateful for your love. Help us to make it known to others. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.